Entertainment capital of the world. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Been a great third down defense the last two weeks. For Steelers and they've got an interception and a run back all the way home. It's Spillane with the touchdown on the pick six. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Mahomes drifting downfield, intercepted. His first of the season, Jeff Heath comes away with it, and Heath could go. Doctor is now in. Back here at the Whiskey Las Vegas inside the world famous Superbook. TC Martin, Marco D'Angelo, and our gracious host, Jay Cornegay, in the house here. We got one hour down, one to go. Talked a lot of Las Vegas Aces and recapping the championship, reliving it. Taking place in New York, the Game 4 victory for the Aces winning a low-scoring, mucky affair, but man, was it beautiful, and the celebration was fantastic as well. So we're back, re-energized, revitalized. Remember, the parade is Monday, 5 o'clock. That will start at Tropicana, Las Vegas Boulevard, make its way over to Park Avenue, Park MGM Street, and then end up at Toshiba Plaza at uh, T-Mobile Arena Construction. Non-stop construction, oh. causing a little change of direction for the parade. So that's 5 o'clock on Monday. And you can also get over to the Aces headquarters in Henderson and go check out the pop-up shop as well. So you can get your Aces gear, your 2023 championship gear that some of us are sporting right now. <laughs> yeah, so we see, TC. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, I buddy. Hey. Huh? They didn't, they gave me one, guys. Okay, huh? they gave me one. That's it. Selfish. <laughs> Maybe we could trade some some Superbook shirts for some championship shirts. Hey, <laughs> I ordered mine. See, look at that. I'm Chuck. He ordered his. I nice. ordered mine, not from TC either. Go go check out the pop up shop there at uh, fourteen fifteen Raiders Way. There, it's. Uh, they have great, great stuff there. And I'm going to call you out on something here because I remember last year when they won, I came in the day after with championship gear. You did the day after the ace or the knights won. I came in and I got this big lecture from you about I don't like these, you know, that have the dates and the championship because it's dated. I, you know. Do you remember that conversation? That, that, that's my mode that I say all the time. I don't like dated shirts. Yeah, oh, you're right. Always. Yeah, I, I, I've been that that yeah. forever. We never put. If you oh, ever you've look had at our shirts since 2007. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> right. yes, I know. Get some new clothes, man. <laughs> hey, yes, it's exactly that. That's why we never put like. If you notice on our super contest yeah. shirts, it never has a year. Right. Hey, team. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. It, Go ahead. Just so you know, yeah. Sunday, they're at Allegiant. Well, I was just going to go over the schedule here. So yeah. sa- Saturday uh, from 2 to 6 p.m., they'll be at the Aces headquarters, the pop-up shop. Sunday in the parking lot uh, at Allegiant Stadium from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. It'll be in lot uh, B. And then Monday, mm. day of the parade from 3 until the celebration commences uh, or is over at Toshiba Plaza. Nice. So what time is the parade? 5 o'clock it starts. 5 to... Until so five, five, five to seven thirty is what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it goes from Aria to. No, no, no. They're starting. Like I said, it, didn't you just listen? I just gave the route. Tropicana and Las Vegas Boulevard, southbound lane, 
go turn left into uh, Park MGM. Okay. And then down that, and then it commences and at T-Mobile Arena, Toshiba gotcha. Plaza. Gotcha. Yeah. You going to be there? Gotcha. Um, you going to give up Monday Night Football? <laughs> <laughs> What's the game? Uh, Niners and Niners Vikings? and Vikings, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a toss-up. There you go. We'll see. They're really not covering a lot of ground on the Strip. I mean, Tropicana I is right there. Construction. Yeah. Well, like last year, everyone you know gave them a bad time, saying, "Oh, what you have less than a mile of, of a parade because you know they went you know from wherever that was to the Bellagio." You know, I don't know, man. I think they're actually traveling less could this be. year. But like I said in the, in the thing, construction, construction. I feel like they're F1. also they're also trying to get the people that are in the like not in the parade but at the parade like on the strip to be able to go to t- to, to to Toshiba. Yes. And make it in time for the sh- for the parade. Could be, could be. So, I these guys do a fantastic job. They did it last year, but I mean, mm-hmm. think about in all of these championships. I remember the Astros last year. I was back there for that. To organize a parade like that and, and the process does start, you know, earlier, but you really can't pull a lot of triggers you know, with like your printing aspects and all that stuff until, you know, after you win it. I can only imagine. Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts to that. Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. Good problem to have. Yes. Great problem. World champion problems. And we can use the word of D, the dynasty. You know, again, I know it's only only two back-to-back, but you just have this feeling, don't you, in this league that this is a dynasty considering that the the core members Mm -hmm. are going to be returning for a couple more years. And like I've talked about before is they've all taken less money to stay here, which is beautiful. Yeah. So you just got that feeling that they are that much better than just about everybody else in the league. Well, they have the best facilities in the league. And they do. By far. Yeah. That's why every free agent would like to come here. Yeah. But like the Aces say, we don't necessarily want yeah. other people here. We, <laughs> we like what we got here. You know? Hey, on that note, yeah, are they close to the cap? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're close to the cap. Yeah, okay. I, I just yeah. didn't know if they could handle like another. Yeah, then that's why you see them. They've never uh, went to a twelve-person roster. That's why they've kept the roster at ten or eleven, so they don't go over that cap. And then they end the season with a roster of yeah seven. Did you say this already, too, about yeah. any free agents, pending free agents? Yeah, well, I mean, Candace Parker more than likely will, I'm saying, will probably will not be back. Okay. You know, I was gl- I was really glad that she was there. You know, she was back there for the celebration, and she yeah. was walking around in, in flip-flops with, you know, bare feet. I mean, she had, you know, no, no ill effects, you know, walking around. There was even rumors out there circulating in the New York media. Candace Parker's going to come back and play. And we're just going like, yeah, okay, keep, keep, keep throwing that <laughs> yeah. narrative out there. Yeah, we saw her walking around, you know, and, and, and that sort of thing. It's like, That's awesome. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> she'd be out there stretching. Right. Yeah, shooting free throws. Yeah. Nothing strenuous. Yeah, that's good. Oh, just play they, the game. They, Be- Becky has, you know, you talk about her X's and O's and everything, but she tried to keep everything under wraps and you know the WNBA slash NBA because it's the same people who, who do all of this stuff uh, as far as like you know the media and the presentations and all this other kind of stuff and so they require these teams to have mandatory media sessions and as the one media session was getting ready to take place the day before game number four she some of the players are already out there stretching and so she pulled them all back inside and the guy who's running the media session was going like 
we have a time schedule. We have to get this done, this and that, blah, 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 blah. And Becky's going like, and so she wanted to prep everybody back there. She says, listen, do not say this. Do not say this. Do not give away anything. We want New York basically to, you know, not knowing, you know, who's available, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And so then when they came back out, I mean, people were grilling them and, and it was just like, you know, and, and kind of Chelsea stayed behind, but Kia Stokes came out and that was the first time anybody saw her in a boot. So I was like, what Kia Stokes, what? we know, we know she got hurt. Yeah. I and she should have probably kept Kia in the back, but Kia just waltz out, walks out there and like, you know, the smile on her face. Well, if there would have been a game five, would Kia have been able to go? Funny story. Kia's mom told me yes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> she, she was Becky, limping. So much, you know, yeah. I, like, yeah. I mean, it was a very noticeable limp. Yeah. I find it that yeah. hard to believe, yeah. especially no. if it was going to be tonight. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe Sunday. Yeah. I don't know. No. But, I think that when you're in, yeah. on crutches and you're in a boot, yeah. it's like you're you're pretty much done. But, but what was the actual injury? Did they disclose that? It's a just an ankle. A, it's a right. It's a right high, high foot. ankle. Yeah. It, no, it was no, lower. Foot? It was a foot. And the same thing with Chelsea Gray. Chelsea Gray was not an Achilles. Uh, her left uh, foot uh, basically bone spurs. But wow. uh, yeah, yeah. And so Chelsea has got about an eight to ten week recovery period. Okay. Yeah. And I just keep shaking my head. I was just so impressed by that performance. It was it was incredible mm-hmm. how shorthanded they would. And it would be it just made it logical to say, you know what? They're just going to wait for game five, save everything for game five. And they went out. I mean, when what were they down? Like twelve, twelve, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Incredible, amazing comeback. Incredible team. Incredible chemistry. Mm-hmm. Incredible belief. And uh, I, I don't blame Becky and the players for saying, hey, you know. You know, in your face type of a thing, because they feel that you know there's a lot of, you know, anti Las Vegas stuff. You know, you know, shade throwing their their way. And again, they've been through so much adversity. Like I said, lawsuits. Becky Hammond was suspended the first couple games, and then you have uh, the injuries, and especially those injuries that take place. You know, to your starters. And think about it, you're minus three starters for, you know, add Candace Parker in there who's been out since early July. So great job by them. Great comeback. Uh, and again, just a, just a great, great team. All right, my friend, uh, before we get into the football, what do you see in baseball wise here as far as, uh, both of these series? Well, I know that, uh, along with some other operators that I've talked to, I, I think there's three out of the four teams that are left we lose on, <laughs> on, on futures. Yeah. Phillies, Rangers, especially Rangers World Series, not so much the pennant, uh, and of course the Astros. <laughs> so the Astros are are, are small time losers for us. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, in other words, we're rooting for the D-backs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, go D-backs. They're like, okay, uh, my wife can't stand the D-backs, but uh, um, she's pulling for the book as you will. Yeah. But good money. I mean, you know, these two o'clock starts. Now it's great for us have something going on during the afternoon. Yeah. But there's so many fans that miss it. I know. They, they have no clue. They, they're going to get off work, and they're going to probably start looking and go, wait a minute, this is in the seventh inning. Yeah. What time did they start? Yeah. Yeah, so we miss out on that. Uh, but uh, um, tonight should be another good game, I think. And then uh, not much of a football lineup tonight. 
but uh, as you mentioned, a couple of good uh, games on uh, Saturday, and of course we got Sunday lining up with that headliner, uh, Dolphins at the Eagles. Marco, I know that you like the game tonight, Philadelphia at Arizona. It's funny because the Astros and the Rangers have been a visiting team dominated series. Home team has not even had the lead in any of these five games. Uh, but then it's been a home team series as Philly won the first two games rather handily. And then Arizona comes back and they win in the bottom of the ninth last night. Philly leads the series two games to one. Who do you like tonight? I'm playing contrarian tonight. I'm on Arizona. I know I'm going to guess. You're following the pattern of that series. Yeah. You know, they got the win, you know, hard fought, you know, one run game. That can give that team a little bit of confidence moving into game two. I got to guess that you guys are big fans of, of the Diamondbacks tonight because in a, a pick-the-winner situation with Philadelphia, you're, you're going to sure. see one-sided action, I got to believe. Yeah, and uh, so it, it makes it a little bit more important that we can get a win tonight. We've been doing okay. Uh, you know, Some of the futures we were in tough spots with, with the Phillies. Um, uh, Astros aren't so bad, but the, the Rangers for the World Series. So we, we uh, booked some of these uh, earlier uh, series and one on them based off their advancement and uh, we did what we were supposed to do so we got a lot of that back uh, you know heading into this uh, you know uh, um, you know these two pennant races that we had not races but pennant uh, championships and um, it's been it's been okay I think the action has been pretty steady I don't think it's anything off the charts but very very steady I know a lot of love right now for the Phillies so whenever the Phillies play I mean Ever since the, the opening series, people, have, I mean, you could just see the the mojo that they have and all the energy they have. They just look like the team, and I don't blame people for you know supporting Philadelphia over the last uh, you know in two weeks. Really, the last six weeks of the season. Yeah. Philadelphia was hitting the lights out of the baseball. Finally, started to get some help from the bullpen as well, and everybody remembers they. They had the Astros on on the ropes last year. All right, so I want to run this by both of you guys here. So home field advantage for the World Series is very tricky and a little bit different this year. All right? Let's say we throw the Diamondbacks out of the equation. All right? The Astros, the Rangers, obviously they have the same record because they tied in the Houston got the higher seed in the home field advantage because of the tiebreaker because they beat them head-to-head. The Philadelphia Phillies have the same record as those two teams. They all won 90 games. They were all, all three teams were 90 and 72. If the uh, World Series starts, oh, not starts, if it's Houston and Philly, Philly will be the home, will, uh, will get the home field advantage. They'd host games one and two and six and seven. Based on Philadelphia having an early April series, they beat Houston two out of three games. Do you think that should be the case, or do you take the division winner over the wild card? Because normally, like football stuff, if you're a wild card team, you're not hosting anything. So it's it's different this year. Major League Baseball has kind of tweaked things because it used to be usually division winner, no matter what, would would host. But they're going... You know, best record. But remember when it used to be decided by the All Star Game, the winner of the All Star well, yeah, Game. I mean, was, that's was, that's that, a, that's a whole different thing, yeah. though. That's you know, yeah. 
for it. Philadelphia, based on last year and how close they came, if it's Philadelphia in Houston again, I got to say you're making Philadelphia the favorite in the series. But I'm just talking about the procedural type of thing. Do you buy into that where you have three teams that have the identical no. record and then you're, you know, this isn't divisional opponents going against each other. It's it, it, They would never even play before, but in, now everybody starting this past year, everybody plays everybody, but it's only like three games. Right. You're, you're going to determine who has home field advantage of the World Series basically uh, a meaningless three-game series that took in place April. in April. Yeah. Right. So, um, no, I don't agree with that. I think the uh, the bigger sample, you know, you're talking about a three-game series. Now you're talking, when you're talking about the division winner, you're talking about seasonal performance, overall seasonal performance. So I would go divisional winner, and I'm, fr- I'm sure there's plenty of opinions out there, but if you win your division, you should have home field over any wild card, even if the wild card has a better record. Right. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean. Because that's what it is in football. Yeah. Who's, if it's the Rangers and Phillies, who gets the home field? Philly will have have it no matter what. Phil, okay. Yeah. Because they did the same thing. With the, Texas. We, uh, with Texas. Yeah. Because oh, they, they want right. a, oh, they want a, a short series against the Rangers yes. earlier? Yeah. Okay. And, wait, I might, yeah. Have, I might have that flip. Maybe Texas won two out of three. I was just looking at this yesterday too, so I'll, I'll, yeah. But I'll, I'll I, I like that. the bigger sample rather than some short series. Even if that short series was in July, you know, I just think that you should reward the overall seasonal performance. Winning your division is, I think, it should be more significant than yeah. a three-game series in April. Experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really what it's coming down to. But sir, what are the odds that three teams that we're talking about here? All have the identical same record after 162 games. I don't. All three teams are, are 90 and 72, and then the Diamondbacks. You know they were like six games yeah. back, 184. I don't so have our, a problem with the, the the wild card maybe because when you say a division winner, okay, let's say it was that Minnesota was going to the the World Series. They played in the softest division in baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, so they got rewarded for being in in the worst division. Uh, I think the tiebreaker should just come down. If two teams have the same record, it should come down to who had the better record in your your conference. You know, the National League versus the the American League. You yeah, know. there's a lot of ways we can go with this. Yeah, you know, so you think of all the different tiebreakers. I don't think you penalize the wild card because how many years was it when when the Yankees were great? You had like the Yankees in Tampa or Yankees in Boston that would have won. Both teams made it. One made it as the winner, and one made it as the wild card. That if they would have been in any other division, they would have won the other division. So I don't think you can get penalized for well, because about, you had to settle for a wild card. Why don't you go with seeds? Astros are the two seed, and the Phillies are the five seed. So wait, back up. Are you guys saying if what if they had the better record? Just a better, better record. record. Better record goes, yeah. But better because rec- they're tied, okay, yeah, the tiebreaker right. is the head-to-head. Okay. I just don't think that head-to-head should they, come yeah, into play. Okay, we agree with the better small, record. Small, right? small yeah. sample size. Are you saying that if if I was a wild card and I had a better record than you as a divisional winner? Those are the rules in baseball, so I can live with that. Okay. But again, football has the total opposite rules. You mm-hmm. could have a better record as a wild card. Mm-hmm. Like, say, if you're, you know, again, 11-6 and six in... The ten and seven team won their division, like the Steelers division, say. Right. They're hosting. Yep. We so had a year. It, that it's the, just not the same. But oh, and I and I do stand corrected. I knew I had a 
It was flip flop. So yes, the Rangers. If the Rangers advance, they because they beat Philly two out of three. Okay. The week after that, Philly beat the Astros two out of three. Philly made the the head to head should not should not come into play unless yeah. they played a series at both because it's not fair if they play two out of three in Texas. Yeah. Versus two out of three. Oh, you're Philly. going college football overtime rule now. There we go. Everybody, everybody gets a possession. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's great. But you know, food for thought conversation. All right, NFL. Let's talk uh, about the Bills and the Patriots. Bills are an eight and a half point favorite here. We know the Patriots are a mess. They're Marco. Marco is ex the Patriots. They're dead to me. They're, they're dead, dead to me. They're dead to him. <laughs> eight and a half seems like a pretty big number, though, uh, considering the history of these teams. And, and like, Buffalo hasn't blown out a lot of people out, except the Raiders. Well, if you talk about history, of course. But if you just yeah. talk about the last few weeks, yeah. not so much. It's just a little odd to see the Bills. Well, Buffalo has gotten beat. Oh, yeah, That's the Bills awesome. laying that many points yeah. at New England. It's, right. it's hard to absorb that, you know, after all these years. But, uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> one one. Belichick in the Patriots right now, because any anything you look at is gonna tell you history wise, you take Belichick in the points, okay, the defense and everything else. But this team, there's just there's so many things wrong with this team, the quarterback play obviously, but a lot of people are starting to talk now. Has the game started to pass Belichick by? Because He's had no offense for two years. And I know you put all the blame on the quarterback, but you had an offseason to fix that if you weren't happy with the quarterback. But you don't have yet. players. You know? I mean, you don't have marquee running back. You don't have marquee receivers. Offensive line shaky. I think it, it all goes into the personnel that you have. I'm going to date myself, but this right now with what's happening with Belichick. Terry Hanratty? Almost. <laughs> Do you remember when Tom Landry, Don Shula, and Chuck Knoll yeah. were at the end of their coaching careers. And they all like kind of hit their expiration date at the same same time. In that last year, it's like, oh, things that I look at, oh, this is an automatic play for Chuck Knoll. You know, he in this situation, his team does this, is that and it just didn't work that last year when they got to the end. And I'm starting to worry about that with Belichick. Huh. He hasn't it's been a decline every year since Brady has left. True. Hmm. I wonder why. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm a quarterback guy, so I it's, I still think it's a quarterback league. And when you talk about those great coaches, when they had really good quarterbacks or great quarterbacks, they were winning. Right. And and as soon as those guys lost their quarterbacks, Bradshaw, Shula, right, yeah. and uh, Marino, it was like yeah. all of a sudden their coaching record just went downhill so i look at it as a quarterback i mean a good quarterback is going to make a coach look pretty decent and i think i'm i'm more of a brady guy than a belichick i think belichick guys i'm a belichick guy belichick is just a he's he's a good coach uh but if brady made him great what happened uh, controversy here oh. in the Astros oh. Rangers about that. I think oh. they're replaying the, the homer, but there was a, oh. a strike call that Verlander's contesting. Anyway, yeah, I, New England's dead to Marco, so this seems like <laughs> Raiders and Chicago. The Raiders are two and a half point road favorite. This has got to be the worst, it's the worst game of the week. 
Who's, who's, start, who's, who's starting? Who's the quarterback for who's each team? It? I don't even know. O'Donnell? Uh, who's, is it Hoyer it's or Hoyer. O'Donnell? It's going to be Hoyer. Hoyer? He's not, they're not saying, but it's going to be Hoyer. Okay. I'm saying it's well, Hoyer. I think it's Hoyer. Of course, it's I wouldn't say, would say that's a lock. Yeah. I'm saying I, it's a lock. Of course, well, it's a lock. You're not going to start a you're not going to start a rookie like that. He did in San Diego or the L.A. Chargers. Yeah. He did. What did you do last week? You go with the veteran. He's not he's not ready. You got to go with the experienced guy. This is why you brought him here. He's a veteran. Might not be very good, but he is the veteran. He has more football experience. And again, it's you know you got this is not a preseason game. He's he's just not ready. And by him announcing Hoyer last week and they get a win. Of course you're going to go with Hoyer. Hey, T. Yes, sir. It is announced all over that uh, Hoyer is week seven starter. There you go. See, there's a lock, Marco. There you go. Pay the man his money. There you go. Uh, now, what about the Bears? Holy I don't even boy. know who this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're starting. Uh, it, it's. But do you trust the Raiders on the road? No. If I had to play this game, if it was anybody but Tangent or whatever this guy's name is, I would go with the Bears because of the Bears' defense. I would take the Bears in this game. Oh, yeah. But I can't sign off on this Hammonager as a quarterback. You can tease him up over the touchdown. I thought about it. I know you did. Yeah. But again, a lot, yeah, you're going to get. I'm going to tell you. I was going to say this bear, is either Bears be, and the Falcons are two really popular. Yeah. You know, it doesn't sound like it. Bears and Falcons. Tyson, yeah. but Bajan. believe me, those are, that's yeah. like the sharp guy teaser this week. Bears, oh, Falcons. Anytime you get, you know, the Wong teasers. Whenever you know the lines two, two and a half, and you're going to get it up with the six point teaser. And when you have a week that has a few of those, it's either going to be really good for the book or really bad. All you yeah. need is one of those legs to go down. And that's what's helped. I mean, in all honesty, I hear everybody talk this year, as far as the NFL goes, that John Q. Public is winning more games than they're losing. Yeah. But the problem is, and this is what saves you know you guys every – you just need one favorite, big favorite – to bite the dust each week, yeah. because then that's all. It, it, it's a domino effect of teasers that go down, money line parlays that go down, and then to put the icing on the cake, when you have twelve out of fourteen games go under the total, I guarantee you Jay was doing a happy dance back in the back room last Sunday when you see all those unders pop yeah. up on the board. Yeah, that certainly helps, but it, it a bigger factor is what you said earlier. And that is one of those big favorites going down. You know, I'm not talking about a 12-point, 13-point favorite. I'm talking about 6, 7, 8, 9, somewhere in that teaser range. You know, that a team like that going down. And we didn't get that for a few weeks. The books were struggling until last weekend. And then it all came in a... You know, a, a bag for us. It was a, it was a big, it was a big weekend. 49ers yeah, said to I, be, be well. Forty Niners was gigantic, yeah. and we almost got the Bills knocked oh, out. Yeah. You know, against the Giants yeah. on Monday night. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was actually came down to be one of the biggest weekends that we had in a long time. I'll buy you guys the biggest porterhouse steak that you can have if you can tell me what school Tyson Bajent went to. Cincinnati. Uh, Wow, you got it, man. Okay. No, I don't even have a guess. I have no idea where Be, he came from. Well, the reason why I offered that because there's no way in the world you would guess it. Yeah. Shepherd. Shepherd uh, College. Yep. Can you name the state that Shepherd College is in? New York. I, I've never heard of Shepherd Thank College. Thank you. <laughs> the one guy, this will give it away, 
in this building could probably tell us where Shepherd College is. Our guy, John Murray. Oh, yeah. Virginia? West Virginia. Oh, West Virginia. <laughs> okay. Hey, T. Uh, uh, I had to look it up myself. I had I, no geez. idea. I had never heard of him before. I can't so bet I saw on this guy. I don't even remember him play, what he did in the preseason. I, I mean, it's just. Well, he was like. He, he was like 10 for 14, something like last week, and threw an interception. I, I know that. Looking forward to that porterhouse, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, T. You can, go to this, you can go to the edge anytime you want, my friend. <laughs> hey, TC will take you anytime you want. Yeah, you okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, TC. Yeah, what's up? Do you know what Tyson's father did or does? Tyson Bajent? Tyson no. Bajent's father, Tyler, or Travis is a world arm wrestling champion. Oh, nice. Wow. Really? We'll see him on the Ocho one day. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, after maybe Tyson, after he goes back to the bench and enters the cherry seed spitting contest (laughs) right after him on the Ocho. All right, Jay, we'll let you get back to work now. Yeah, yeah, I've been summoned already. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, apologize I was late. But thank you, guys. Not a problem. Yeah. Not a problem. But, uh, hey, we had him getting 45 you. minutes out of you. You, you yeah. paid the price. You won't be late yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> guys, have a great weekend. Thanks, Appreciate man. you. Jake Ornegay. And if uh, you go to Allegiant Stadium tomorrow at 4 o'clock, you see this guy wearing, how do you call it, the, uh, the ugly green and gold of the Colorado State Rams. That is Jake Ornegay. With, surrounded by a family of uh, UNLV clad that's it. Scarlet and Grace. Green and gold. Yeah. <laughs> <I love> it. <laughs> Jake Ornigay, our gracious host, my man. Thank you. When we come back, it's time for best bets. I do exactly what I want to do. It's, it's the, the Dr. T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much. The doctor is now in. Living it up, living it up, oh yeah, a Friday night, uh, feeling good. I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm glad to be back home. After a week in New York, we had one really bad rainy day where I didn't have my hat. <laughs> Did I tell you guys that story? Oh, God. I got my hat stolen in the plane. I, I took my Vegas Golden Knights hat. I know what you're going to say. It's my fault. Yeah, I left it in the overhead bin. I was so distraught. I still am not over That's that. That's not having your hat stolen, okay? <laughs> somebody took it. I filed a report, and, and I contacted the gate agent, and somebody took it. Somebody took the hat. And it was my bad because I had my headphones, and I was jamming away and everything. And so I took the hat off, put it next to my briefcase, and I blamed the guy I was sitting next to because he was in a hurry. He wanted to get out and this and that. So I had to, you know, because I got a thing like when I'm listening to my head, my, my, my jams, I won't cut off the song in the middle. I got to let the come down to a natural fade and then do it. I take off my headphones and I pack up. And he wanted, you know, to get out and everything. And then so I got my briefcase. And then I didn't realize until I got on the connecting flight. Your hat was next to the briefcase, though, right? Yeah, it was. It was? Yeah. Yeah. So I had to get a Brooklyn hat. So I was at the arena, and I I just needed a hat because it was raining. But, yeah, I got a Brooklyn hat instead. But if it was raining, were you worried about getting your hair wet? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm in in the place. You know me. I, I I really didn't want the hat. I didn't want a hat. 
You didn't want to pay for a hat. I didn't want to pay for a hat, especially okay. 50 bucks. Tell, tell the truth. I, I didn't want to do it, but I needed a hat. 50 so, bucks for a Brooklyn? 50 hat for a Brooklyn Nets hat, yeah. And so in the store, they had all kinds, you know, and I almost went with the old school, the red, white, and blue one, the old Dr. J, you know, Buck Williams. That would have been cool. But I said, okay, this has the B. It says Brooklyn, New York on it, and the Nets from the side. So I could do this. So you know me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get the fitted one, all this other kind of stuff. So I'm talking to the girly girl there, and I said, hey, you want to give me a break? You know, I had my Aces gear on, this and that. Come on, you know, I'll give you some love on the radio. I'm going to shoot some videos, this and that. Oh, talk to our manager. He'll, he'll probably... He'll probably, uh, how'd they say, uh, let you rock it, is what they said. So get out the manager, and so I give him my spiel, this and that. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll give you 40% off. <laughs> I go, it's about the best I'm going to do. Huh? He goes, yeah, 40, 40 or nothing. I go, I'll take the 40. <laughs> and what did the Aces say about that? <laughs> so then I, I wore it like the next day to practice, and then they're looking at me like, you got a Brooklyn hat on, TC. Take that off. I go, but it's not Liberty. It's not even Liberty's got his Brooklyn. They go, it's just the vibe. It's the juju. Fine. So I took it off. So then what they say to me after the parade, after they, they gave me the hat and this, that, they go, much better hat, TC. <laughs> Tyler Marsh was the assistant head coach. And it was free. It was. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm still mad. But I brought my Golden Knights hat. I thought, hey, uh, Golden Knights, because I was going to bring an Astros hat. But I said, nah, it's not going to go over well in New York. I know how they feel. And then I said, you know, eh, and I would have been really mad if I lost my Astros hat. The Golden Knights hat, I was still upset because it was a primo. You know, I got it at the Armory a couple years ago. Man, I love that hat. I figured, it'll go good. It's a black hat. Good. I'm still bummed about that. Sorry, man. Hey, I never forget my hat because I need the hat yeah. to cover this anyway. stone. <laughs> it's good to be back, though. Good weather here. All right. And it's also good to be back at the Westgate. We can relax. Don't have a game five. And it's best bets. It's football Friday and time for the weekend's action. Yeah. Booth, baby. It's time for our best bets. And join us. Marco D'Angelo in the house. And my main man, Trevor Maddich, the big old lineman who's got some big picks this week, don't you, Trev? I got some big picks, but TC, you are a you are the voice of a dynasty <laughs> with the Aces. I mean, I mean, think about that. I mean, Marco, you and I are in, in rare company here. Listen, uh, you're the guy that has the uh, 15 Emmy Award uh, Emmy Awards, and there could be more than that. You just don't even know because they're locked in a closet. I mean, they got cobwebs around because you don't even care about it. Yeah, my wife thinks it's 17, but those are in the past. <laughs> this is recent. This is like this last week you guys wrapped this thing up. So, yeah. man, way to go, Aces. Just super happy. Thanks, Trevor. Super I, happy I, I do. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. A lot of fun. Great team. Great group to be around. And back-to-back. Uh, -back. And you're right. We can call it a dynasty you, I, because uh, they are clearly the best team in this league. And if they keep this core together, which they should, for the most part, under contract, uh, yeah, it could be a dynasty. Like that D word, the dynasty. All right, our three best college plays, our three best NFL plays, our center, our guard, our tackle, our tight end is going to start us off. And I say all those positions because he played all of those positions in the NFL. Give it to us, man. What do you got? Okay, we start with college? Yes. Okay, start with college. All right, Penn State is playing at Ohio State. Top 10 matchup, massive game. And I'm not quite sure who's going to win this thing. 
especially because of all the injuries and for Ohio State's offense. I mean, their three top running backs will be some combination of banged up and out. Their number two receiver, Amika Buka, uh, is banged up. And uh, so I'm going to go with the under, 45.5. These are two of the three top scoring offenses in the Big Ten, but they're also two of the three top scoring defenses in the Big Ten. I think Penn State's defense can keep up with an Ohio State offense, which I expect to be one-dimensional. Their receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr., has been largely unstoppable. But, you know, Notre Dame slowed everybody down, and that's a good defense. And really, that's the best defense Ohio State has played so far. I think Penn State can very well match that. Penn State excels at rushing the passer. They're number two in the nation in sacks. They're number one in the nation in fewest yards allowed per pass attempt. And I just don't think the Buckeyes' rushing attack is going to get cranked against this Penn State offense. That alone, combined with the fact that Penn State is not a big play offense, it's kind of a, a grinded down the field offense. And this this Ohio State defense has taken a step forward this year. They've cut their yards per, or excuse me, their points per game allowed in half from last year. So I'm going to go with the under at 45.5. Then Rutgers is playing at Indiana. The Scarlet Knights are laying five, and I like Greg Schiano's team. Rutgers right now has five wins. they got to win this game in order to get ball eligible because they'll probably be underdogs in the, in the last four games of the season. And Indiana doesn't really put up much of a fight. I mean, bless their hearts, they're just not very good. They are last in the Big Ten at rushing offense in terms of yards per carry, last in the Big Ten in terms of rushing defense, yards per carry, and Rutgers loves to run the ball. And they have a stout defense. I just I just don't see Indiana being able to put up with a, a brutal physical fight that Rutgers is going to put up in a game that truly matters to them. So I say take Rutgers and lay the five. And then, of course, i got to have my, my massive favorite, right? Uh, North Carolina is favored by 23-and-a-half at home against Virginia. And this is a combination of loving North Carolina and fading Virginia. Virginia, you know, started one of five. The only team they, they beat in that stretch is William and Mary. They're an FCS school. And Virginia, just like Indiana, is, is rather putrid. I mean, they're, when you talk just points scored and, and points allowed, UVA is last in the ACC in both of those. They can't score. They can't stop other people from scoring. And North Carolina is really hitting their stride, especially with receiver Tez Walker uh, now eligible, now in his third game, now becoming that deep threat chemistry with quarterback Drake May. I just think that North Carolina can roll out of bed and cover this number. All right, Trev, good stuff. I, I like all of those picks, actually. Marco D'Angelo, what do you got? All right, I'm going to start with uh, Air Force over Navy. You know, most people think that when you get this, uh, the two service academies, it's going to be a low-scoring game, and they know how to defend each other. Yeah, they do, but you know what? Air Force is just a much, much better team than Navy. I'm going with Air Force. They will be able to get uh, separation in the second half. And laying points with a team that runs TC, that's good because they're going to do what they do best at the end of the game and close it out. Second game, I'm going to go with Alabama. And I know Alabama has not looked like Alabama of old this year, but I am looking at what they're doing right now. Tennessee, they're going to have trouble moving the football against this Alabama defense. And Alabama, as bad as they've been passing the football this year and the quarterback problems that they've had, they're not getting a high completion rate. But the last three games, 
They've had 238 yards on 10 completions, 321 on 21, and 10 completions last week for 164. They took their foot off the gas with the big lead last week. You won't see that this week. That is play number two. In my last play, I'm going to go with South Carolina. South Carolina is a team that absolutely gave the game away last week uh, in their loss to Florida. They totally outgained them in that game, 313. Uh, they had 313 yards passing and 167 yards on the ground. Look for South Carolina to give Missouri uh, problems this week, and it's cracked the top 25 for Missouri mm -hmm. going against them. All righty, going against. All right, TCU and K-State. TCU's quarterback Chandler Morris, he's been out, but they haven't needed him. At least they, did, they didn't need him last week because they beat down, sorry, Trev, your BYU Cougars 44-11. to Josh Hoover, 439 yards, four touchdown passes. K-State, they got a quarterback problem over there. Will Howard and Avery Johnson, they've been doing the rotation with these two guys, and neither one has been very good at all. Last week, they combined for zero touchdowns against Texas Tech, even though they won the game. I like TCU here, getting points, and it is a revenge game. You might remember the Big 12 championship game last year, right? TCU lost this game 31-28. to I like the Horn Frogs getting 6.5 in this one. And we'll keep it right here at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Colorado State and UNLV. Colorado State getting 8. Colorado State's a much better team than their 3-3 three three record. They beat Boise State last week, barely lost to Colorado in a game they probably should have won a few weeks back. We all remember that. We talked about that. And for me, I just think that Colorado State has better talent on both sides of the football than UNLV. I love UNLV. I think it's a great story. Barry Odom's got them going in the right direction. However, UNLV has been the benefactor of a soft schedule. Yes, they got beat by Michigan. That was the only winning team that they've played. Their 5-1 record is a bit of a mirage. Wins over Vandy, UTEP, Hawaii, UNR, and Bryant. Not overly impressive. I think the wrong team is favored in this game. We've never seen UNLV favored usually uh, at home over a Mountain West Conference opponent, let alone eight points. Give me the Rams plus eight. Go, Jay Cornegay. And then I'm going to go to ACC, Duke and Florida State. I know Florida State's been getting a lot of love here, but I'm on the Dukey bandwagon here. Duke can run the football. The Florida State defense is a little bit leaky. They give up 141 yards on the ground, 382 yards overall. And Duke, is their defense is better than Florida State's. Duke is 4-1. and one. The Florida State record has been padded by wins over Virginia Tech, Boston College, Syracuse, and Southern Miss. You're going to give me 14 and a half points. I like the Dukies plus two touchdowns against Florida State. This game's going to be close. All right, to the NFL we go. Trevor Maddich, hit me. All right, I'm going to go with another total to start with. Cleveland Browns and the Indianapolis Colts. The, the total is 40 and a half, and I like the under on this one. And it's in part because you've got two questionable quarterbacks and one great defense along with two offenses that are really run-heavy. They don't want to put the ball in the hands of their quarterback. For the Colts, Gardner Minshew is in for the injured Anthony Richardson. For the Browns, Deshaun Watson might come back from a shoulder injury. Uh, he's missed time, and uh, but he might not. P.J. Walker might be the guy again. Either way, I don't like the quarterback situation for the Browns. Cleveland's defense has been fantastic at stopping the run, uh, and they've been fantastic at getting after the quarterback. 
And I think that's going to be enough to hold this thing down, especially when you look at Minshew. Minshew's a whole lot of fun coming off the bench, but when he's the starter and teams have time to prepare for him, they get after him. And when he's pressured, he's terrible. And so I think the under is a good play in this game. Then we've got the Arizona Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks. And this is kind of a, a fade of Arizona more than anything else. The Seahawks are laying eight. I don't like that number. But you look at recent history with these teams, the, the Cardinals have lost five of their last six games, the last three by 14 or more points each. And the last three times Seattle has played them, they've, they've covered this eight-point spread that we have this week. The, the, and, you know, the Cardinals, they, without James Conner, they can't run the ball. They don't have DeAndre Hopkins as a wide receiver anymore. You know, I just think that the fact that the Cardinals, you know, have such a bad recent record against the Seahawks and the fact that the Cardinals can't stop the run at all, I don't think the Seahawks will have too much trouble covering eight at home. Green Bay is at Denver. This is definitely a fate of Denver. Uh, they're 0-5-1 against the spread. But it's not just that they haven't covered. It's that they haven't covered by a mile. The average fail to cover has been 11 points. And it's been because of their defense. Their defense is just flat, putrid. Green Bay's offense is no great shake. As a matter of fact, it's not very good. And they get Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Jones back. I'm sorry, not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones back at running back. He's, he's been out with a hamstring. But even if they don't, I think the Denver defense is so bad that the Packers uh, are going to end up winning this game. All right. Marco, NFL. All right, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons to start. I'm taking the plus two and a half. Uh, this is a team that ranked fifth defensively at yards per play allowed, allowing just 4.8 yards. Tampa's 18th big edge there. I always like taking the better defense, getting points. And let's be honest, we're starting to see the Cleveland edition of Baker Mayfield going against them. Play number two, um, going with Baltimore. And I know everybody's looking at last week's game and said they're, you know, they're lucky that they beat Tennessee last week in London. That was a bad spot for them to go to London after playing Cleveland and Pittsburgh in back-to-back weeks. They settled for what? six field goals in that game or something they roll this week against Detroit who's on the road for the second week in a row in the last one and I'm going to let them have a chance to get me again I'm going to go with the Chargers I'm going to take them over Kansas City this is a spot where whatever reason they always play Kansas City tough last four meetings have all been decided by six points or less this is a must win game for the Chargers and give you a couple quick stats. They are 6-0 against the spread the last three seasons when they're coming off a game that was an under. And Kansas City, off of a win of 10 points or more, the last two seasons, 0-8 against the spread. Marco, I was so close to picking that game, but then I remember this voice in the back of my head from Marco D'Angelo. Don't bet Brandon Staley. He's going to come up. Andy Reid, Brandon Staley, it got me off the game, but I'm with you. I I, I like the Chargers. I want to play the Chargers. It is maybe on a teaser I can get away with it. Staley won't yeah. screw it up too much, but you know he's going to go for it in fourth and three from his own <laughs> 30, or maybe his own 18. Who knows what? Some point. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. Indy, Indianapolis and Cleveland. The Colts are getting three here. I just feel this line is out of whack. I mean, why the Browns love? I don't get it. Trevor talked about it. I mean, Deshaun Watson questionable. I'm not a fan of his anyway. But P.J. Walker, forget about it. No touchdowns, two interceptions last week. Jerome Ford is your leading rusher. 
Indianapolis is better offensively than Cleveland, even with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. And I still, you know, going back to the the Colts being rock solid defensively, I know the numbers don't back that up. I think they're a little bit underrated. I think the wrong team is favored here. I am taking the Colts as a home dog here, plus three. And then the game that I love the most this week, Philadelphia and Miami. Philly in a bounce-back situation after the loss. Look out. Jalen Hurts will be great this week. Miami's played one good team, and they got their only losses, got blasted in Buffalo. The wins are against the Patriots, the Broncos, the Giants, the Panthers, and the Chargers. I don't understand the Miami love. There's way too much Tua love, way too much Miami love, and this is too low of a line. Philly at home, giving up two and a half. Easy money, baby. House monster. Give me the Eagles. Fly, Eagle, fly. And, Marco, I was going back and forth to that Charger game, to this game. It's the Niners, and I love good teams coming off of losses just like you do, and they're in Minnesota. Injury concerns, though. That's the only thing that kind of scares me about this game. We don't know if Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel are going to play, but at least we've got the extra day till Monday to wait and find out here. So make sure you check that. But they still got Brock Purdy, and they got the San Francisco defense. That's good enough for me. Like I said, San Francisco coming off a loss. Lethal. It should be rock solid. And Minnesota offensively and defensively, they are pretty ugly. I'm going to take San Francisco and hope they get it done by more than a touchdown. Those are our best bets. Our picks are up there along with our other handicapper extraordinaire, Scott Spritzer, Gilby the intern, and our special guest, the former Vikings coach Mike Tice, all up on the website. Trev, we appreciate you, brother, as usual. Have yourself a fantastic weekend. Great. Thanks, guys. There he is, Trevor Maddich, our guy. You can catch Trevor on ESPN, the Sports Center, with his college football breakdown, and as well on the radio side uh, on Saturday, just going all over uh, the country with games. No one does it better than our good friend Trevor Maddich, who joins us each and every week. All right, I want to thank Numchuck back in the studio, Jay Cornegay here at the Westgate Las Vegas. Marco D'Angelo, what you got on top for the on tap for the weekend? Football, football, more football, and some baseball. And a little baseball, yeah. Okay. All right, there you go. All right, we will uh, reconvene on Monday. Aces Parade on Monday at 5 o'clock. All right, we'll be back on Monday to talk a little more Aces with that and what a great season they've had and give them one more uh, ado and congratulatory, uh, you know, Salutations, I guess you might want to say. All right. If you missed any part of the show, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. Check out all of the interviews that are all up there, the blogs and everything else. And, of course, our best bets are on the website. So go to tcmartinshow.com for the best bets. Have yourself a good one. Enjoy your weekend. We're back at it Monday at 2 o'clock. Great to be back here in town for a while. No more traveling unless i got to go to a World Series. That's it. Bring on the food, baby. Bring on the food. Let's go. Live from the Westgate and the world-famous Superbook. Have yourself a fantastic weekend.